Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The following is a hoop ball presentation. Dear Kobe, I never thought I'd have to write this about you. I have tears that won't go away and a hole in my heart that extends far beyond the boundaries of the 94 foot hardwood. I've never felt this way about someone I never actually knew. But this was and still is part of your magic. You were invincible. As resilient as you were stubborn, Kobe, you modeled a work ethic, a drive, a passion, and a pursuit of excellence that will forever resonate within me. Kobe, you were the ultimate purple and gold warrior, fiercely loyal and unapologetically authentic. You were far from perfect, and that's okay. We all are. You were a flawed human who embraced everything about himself in an effort to inspire others toward greatness. You did that for me, and I'm forever grateful. There are no words I can share to truly encapsulate your impact or express the devastation of your passing. You were and forever will be so much more than an athlete or a Laker legend. Kobe, your legacy will live far beyond my lifetime, and it is my promise to you and myself that I will continue your mission of inspiring others to be great at whatever productive path they choose to pursue. Forever grateful, Ethan. Welcome in, everybody, to a somber episode of the Hoopball Lakers podcast. Of course, I am your main man, Ethan Noroff. Filming on the one-year anniversary of the tragic passing of Kobe Bryant, along with Gianna Bryant, and several others who lost their lives in that tragic helicopter crash one year ago. And as I sit here one year later, I wanted to start by reading the letter that I wrote just after learning about Kobe's death and after I found the ways in which I could put some of those thoughts down on paper. And of course, as soon as I wrote it, as soon as I shared it, I started criticizing it and said how it could be better. And I felt like I missed an opportunity to really say what I wanted to say in certain spots and all things like that. And, you know, I just sat there and I thought, man, I can't help but feel like Kobe would go through the same type of process. And, you know, if you uh, hear me at all kind of thinking as I talk tonight, this, this is raw. This is real. There's no plan. There's no script. There's no topics to hit except Kobe. And I was just hoping to share a little bit of just emotional reality of something like this with all of you. And so as I sit here a year later, like so many others, I still say, wow, for a year where the days move slowly, 
and the pandemic continues to hit greatly. The year just flew on by. And I can't believe it's now been a year that we haven't had Kobe in our lives. And, you know, thankfully, thankfully for the advent of social media and content creation and just all of the different channels in which we can consume the things that we love, you know, the memory of Kobe will live on forever. I mean, he's been, he's been immortalized through film, through quotes, through projects, through his endeavors, through his just inspiring generations. I mean, the guy has literally transcended time. And, you know, I, I, I sit here and I really struggle to think that it'll ever feel like reality, right? Like I've had conversations with my father about mortality on the rare occasion that we dive down that road. And, you know, as he prepares to turn 70 this year and, you know, be my 32nd birthday in just a few days, it's, it's sort of surreal how time just continues to move. And, you know, I ask him as somebody who's unfortunately lost, you know, people that he cares about in his lifetime, you know, I ask him, I say, what is it, what does it feel like when, you know, feel like one of your contemporaries passes away? And, you know, he said it really, you know, it never kind of goes away, but like anything with time, you get more accustomed to it, shall we say. So, you know, I think depending upon who you ask about mortality and sort of their, their take on it, right, you're always going to get a slightly different answer, but I kind of felt like I got the point of what he was trying to say. So, just for what that's worth there and you know the tributes for Kobe have I mean look they've been nothing short of beautiful and uh you know I could sit here for three days four days five days a week a month a year even and consume all of the different Kobe content and love for him that's just being shared on the internet alone uh regardless of any other sort of platform right and it's just incredible and so I I had the opportunity to you know at least look through quite a few so far with more to come as we navigate through the work week and the realities that life presents but you know with the Lakers obviously uh, coming out on top in Cleveland uh, to continue their dominance on the road now 10-0 and fantastic job on the road to begin the season uh, LeBron was the oldest Laker with a 40-point game since Kobe scored 60 in his final game uh, last night in that win LeBron obviously dropping 46 so I just thought that was kind of a an impressive tribute in and of itself, uh, even sort of, you know, without, I don't want to say without trying, but, you know, obviously it wasn't a, a direct tribute. I think having to be in Cleveland obviously was a factor for LeBron, but just a great connection there. And, you know, the Cavs had a tribute uh, for Kobe at the game, which was subsequently shared on Twitter. And, you know, I tweeted it out at the time and I said, man, this is going to be rough. And, you know, I felt like that's exactly what it was, but in the best kind of way, right? It's like this emotional catharsis right that's sort of a sort of a uh, unnecessary description a catharsis is something that's supposed to release emotion so it's just a very very real catharsis to be able to watch this stuff and you know you start feeling some type of way about it and you know you knew what the day was going to bring obviously and you know thankfully we have seen more of a celebration of life which is how it should be in terms of Kobe's life right now than we've seen in terms of uh, you know tragic footage and so I'd like to keep it that way. And hopefully we all continue to honor his legacy and, you know, the best of Kobe. You know, I, w- I woke up this morning. I started with a great tribute performed by Snoop Dogg on the uh, Sports Center Twitter account there. If you haven't seen it, you got to check that out. Then uh, the Kobe Highlight Twitter account with the Mama Forever uh, shared the tribute from Beats by Dre and Dr. Dre. Uh, shout out to Dr. Dre and Beats by Dre for that. I mean, really, really nicely done there. 
Uh, and I think, you know, more than anything, it's just, again, more of that celebration of Kobe's life. Chris Palmer uh, on Twitter retweeted a video about seven minutes from the NBA uh, honoring Kobe and all of his achievements and just another phenomenal video. Now, ESPN LA shared a piece on how he wanted to be remembered from a, vi- a short video interview back in December of 2015. And, you know, I think the thing that is consistently the most impressive piece of Kobe's legacy for me is, you know, as somebody who's an administrator at a charter high school of performing in multimedia arts in San Fernando Valley, right? We're in Los Angeles school of choice. And, you know, Kobe was an artist. I mean, he was a creator on the court, obviously, and, and one of the best to ever do it, if not the best, depending upon, you know, which members of Lakers nation you might talk to. But more than that, you know, Kobe was a, a savant and I think his drive for perfection and just, you know, his exploration, his, his curiosity, his always wanting to learn more despite knowing so much and just being a student of everything that he did, right? It was just, it was such a fascinating approach because Kobe was never going to get outworked, right? Like he took a lot of pride in his work ethic, obviously his toughness, his grit, his resiliency, all of that. But on on the other side of it and connected to that, he was never going to be outstudied. Like he was never going to allow his opponent, whether that was in creating film or writing books or on the basketball court or whatever medium he chose, he never wanted his opponents to outsmart him. He didn't want to say, oh man, I should have thought of that, right? He was always trying to play chess, not checkers. And he did that so well for so long on the basketball court. And I think one of the things for me that really just cements his his iconic status for now, for the past, for the future, is the fact that he was able to really transcend generations in terms of his influence. I mean, we saw the outpouring of, of you know, um, Kobe love always in the NBA, right? Like all the time. But ever since his passing, you know, it's been especially ramped up and, and today... You know, a lot of people wearing Kobe jerseys to their games, whether it was yesterday or today. And a lot of people just sort of honoring Kobe, whether it's the shoes, whether it's, you know, the influence on the game or anything like that. And I think, you know, these guys who are in the NBA now, you know, they largely they largely grew up on, on him. Right. Some of them even uh, even not even that those guys who are just coming in at 19 and 20 years old. You know, we're ta- we're ta- we're talking about kids. I mean, literal kids 15 years ago. So it's just crazy to me that Kobe, in that sense, is very much, you know, this generation's Jordan. I mean, I grew up on Kobe, right? As somebody who's turning 32, like, that was my childhood, Kobe and Shaq. And so that's, that's you know, I remember Froby, right? Like, of course, we all do. And depending upon where you are in sort of your Laker fandom and your span of life, you contextualize Kobe in a, in a different sense as a basketball player in terms of his place in Lakers history and all that sorts of thing. But, you know, anyone who's, who's come in in the last, what, 30, 40 years, we'll call it, maybe even longer than that. I mean, it's Kobe is the synonymous with the Lakers, not, not necessarily some of the great names that have come before it who rightfully maybe deserve that honor as well. And so, you know, to keep the focus on Kobe here, because I told you guys it was going to be emotional and just, you know, a lot of different thoughts going on in my head right now. I, I can't, I can't even begin to get at this idea of how important it was for the Lakers to win the championship in the year of Kobe's passing. It was just so poetic, so 
felt so right on that level. But now just continuing to honor his legacy and, you know, the fact that LeBron and obviously Anthony Davis, but but really specifically LeBron and JC and I talked about this recently on a podcast, but LeBron really feeling like he's, he's, he's a Laker now, right? He even made a comment after the Cleveland game. He's like, you know, it's always good to come back here and, you know, perform well. And then he said, but especially in the purple and gold, right? Like he's not stupid. He always says things with purpose. And I appreciate that about him. But it really feels like he's committed to this Lakers brand and he has this this prestige behind it, right? Whereas previously, he was obviously the, the Cavs was the connection to the hometown, the first overall draft pick, all of that, right? And that's strong. There's, there's no knocking that. That is what it is. But in Miami, it was, I want to go play with my friends. It wasn't really the brand. We kind of were building the brand, da-da-da. Now LeBron has really embraced this idea of being a Laker and the greatness that has come before him and what he can add to it as somebody who in my book probably will go down as the best of all time in terms of his basketball career okay i just think it's it's incredible sort of how life works and i i feel like we should all take a moment to just realize how how small we are in the grand context and and just just appreciate so much more for so much more than we do. I think that's really something that I've learned since this, right? Because like I wrote in my letter, I mean, Kobe felt literally just nothing could stop him. Invincible, immortal. Like it didn't matter what you tried to do. He was still going to find a way to do what he needed to do and more to outwork you. And this, just the abruptness, the suddenness of the entire chain of events was so unlike what we had seen from him as a basketball player and what we had started to see from him in retirement. In retirement, Kobe is a whole, almost like a whole different person, man. Okay? It, I mean, like, he really embraced... not, And, you know, he always embraced this idea of being a, a really engaged father and a proud girl dad. But he really started to transition to that next generation. Like, he really talked up Gigi consistently at a certain point to starting to shift the focus. He was so proud of everything his girls had done and were doing. You know, he really had become family man Kobe, right? Sort of this this image of him as this softy, for lack of a better word, that we hadn't seen from him on the basketball court. And I think that's why it resonated with so many people. I mean, we started to see it, obviously, in his final year. But, you know, vintage Kobe is, you know, teeth out, maybe gripping the jersey, maybe just giving you that look like, okay, okay, all right, it's on. It's on now. And there's just so many great stories about the way that Kobe influenced the game from the way, you know, he took his moves from MJ and then to Kobe and then Kobe, uh, you know, emulated MJ. And now you have generations emulating Kobe, right? That's how the chain of command sort of works there. Or chain of flow, I should say. And really, it's just impressive to me how, you know, I always say that the sort of standard of greatness in terms of athletes is can you tell the story of the game without them, right? And if the answer is no, then they're one of the greatest ever. And are they so great? that you can name them by one name and people know who you're talking about within the context. Also, yes, like Kobe. Okay, great. Now has that one name become so iconic that even people who don't follow basketball, even people that don't speak English, even people that 
have, you know, absolutely no association to the name, in this case, Kobe, that they know who you're talking about. Because if you say Kobe anywhere in the world, it means Kobe Bryant. There, there is only one meeting. It is Kobe Bryant. And to become that synonymous, that universal, that is just in- incredible. And, you know, Kobe was at times, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll almost like, I, this is what I really love so much about Kobe is at times he was so pushy, right? And I say at times, a lot of the time. But he really was, he wasn't doing it just to be an asshole. Sometimes, sure, he wanted to, you know, push the envelope a little bit, but he really wanted everyone around him to get that much better. And he was just so good that he demanded so much. That's why, you know, I don't think Kobe could have ever been an NBA coach, not because he's incapable, he was more than capable, but because he was so good and he could see so much before anything happened or others saw it, that he would get so frustrated when others don't. And it's hard when you have that innate ability. That's why generally we don't see all-time great players move into coaching. It's rarer than sort of the oh, yeah, this guy was okay for a little while. Or, oh, yeah, this guy played in the minor leagues in baseball in an instance, right? We see a little bit of that. So it's just, like, interesting from that perspective. But that's a story for a different day. I feel so lucky to have seen Kobe Bryant play live, to grow up in the midst of, you know, the Kobe era. It's what I'll be talking to my kids about eventually, Right? Oh, you, you won't believe when we used to watch Kobe Bryant play and da-da-da-da, right? Talk about the fish shot. I don't know why that specific image came to me, but that's what did. You know, and then the one that I really love, one of my favorite Kobe game winners, honestly, is uh, when he pulls up at the free throw extended elbow and hits that jumper. You know what I'm talking about, right? Rajah Bell pisses off after that. I love stuff like that. You know, Matt Barnes, when he when he fakes him out with the ball down low, you, you everybody knows that one. I love that one, too. Those are those are two that really stick out for me. But there are so many good ones, man. And, and I should have I should have ranked them before I came on to do this. But I really just wanted to do it raw and, and you know, on emotion more than anything else. I think the purpose of the podcast for me is just, you know, to, to share the emotion with you guys and also just recognize that, you know, it's, it's hard. There, there's no doubt that it's hard. And, you know, there's no, you know, we all work to build such a great life and we all define that differently. And I know like the work that I do in education is so important to me. And, you know, I'm grateful for every opportunity. And that's how I choose to make my difference. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. And somebody else who's driving for Uber or somebody else who is 
working at a Fortune 500 company or somebody else who is a sanitation engineer or whatever it is you choose to do, right? You can do anything. But so many people want to just build what they feel is like their life, what they want to do. That's the beauty of it, right? It's all a creation. That's the power of creativity. People say, I'm not creative. You've created a life. Like you were, I mean, you were given life, right? But you created who you are. Like that's your finest work. And I think that's the message that Kobe, you know, wanted people to see more than anything is like, you are your finest work. You spend all this time paying attention to a fucking outfit, but you're not preparing for the game that we have in 12 hours by watching film. And I'm not saying he ever pointed a finger like that at anybody. I'm just using that as an example, but you get the idea. I love what Powell shared today about Kobe too. Obviously, you know, I mean, Hermano or brother doesn't even begin to sort of illustrate the relationship that those two had. And you now Powell basically said, you know, he, he misses him. I mean, he, I'll, I'll, re- I'll read it to you. I miss you, Hermano. Not a day goes by that you are not present in what I do. Your spirit, your drive, your ambition, your love continues to shine in my life and in many others. Photos, videos, very special moments keep being shared by countless people, countless people, people, people. Telling me how incredibly lucky I have been to share some of those moments with you. And then he goes on to, you know, write more. And it's just, it's, it's, it's surreal. It's surreal. You know, and, and it's just, it's so hard. And, you know, I, I can't even begin to admit, uh, imagine what Vanessa and the kids are going through and continue to go through. And I just think that, you know, just seeing how, how their husband, how their dad just was so, so revered at this point, so loved. And look, like I said, Kobe was not perfect. That's part of what makes it so good. This idea that anyone is just perfect. It's just bullshit. It's, it's beautiful when the imperfect becomes an example of perfection, for lack of a better way to say it. Because it means we embrace flaws. We embrace authenticity. We embrace vulnerability. That's what it's about. And the less people put up fronts, the more progress you can make. And yeah, it's going to be hard sometimes. And yeah, it's going to be challenging sometimes. And there's going to be times where it does not work. There's no doubt. But the more that we mask our emotions and our true selves and we don't communicate and all of that, the more that, you know, problems start to to build and it all comes down to communication. That's how teams have problems. That's how relationships have problems. That's how anything has problems and you have to make grown decisions and it's, it's difficult. Life is hard. And Kobe just wanted everybody to see that. Look, you know, you, you have this unbelievable gift to be alive and you know, you, you should maximize it. It's not to say you got to be like doing a million things. I think when people think about a productive life sometimes, and this is where I'll sort of wrap things up. I think when people think about a productive life, they think they got to do like 10 million things a day to be productive. Like sometimes I even feel that way. But sometimes productivity looks different. It's not an excuse to be lazy, but it's an excuse to understand what should be the primary area or areas of focus and pursuing those. We tell our students, live their passion. I tell my students specifically, I say, live your passion. Do it, for, do it for purpose. Be purposeful about your pursuit. You can be passionate about something, but if you're not purposeful about it, right, it's hard. So be passionate, but also be purposeful and be dedicated and be resilient. And you can, you can do a lot. And I think that's what Kobe's impact is for so many is, you know, 
you know, even 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 for me, like I like I wrote in that letter, and like I'll like I'll sign off with. For me, it's about it's about doing things that you love, doing them well, doing them with a purpose, understanding that you know it may sometimes it may be time to move on, or sometimes you know you you want to make sure that you explore every angle, and the work that you do doesn't always need to be seen, right? There's times when Kobe very much wanted to make a statement. He had that type of game. But there's other times where he just did his usual thing and the work was more in the background. So be mindful of that because the good work always comes to the forefront. Kobe, we miss you, brother. Miss you so much. Cannot believe it's been a year. Appreciate you guys listening with me. Until next time on the Hoopball Lakers podcast. Lakers on our back-to-back and then we, uh, we come back. On Twitter, at HoopBallLakers, at Ethan underscore Noroff. All love to Kobe fans around the world. We out. This has been a HoopBall presentation. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.